My gorgeous little darlings, it's me, Alexi Toliopoulos, coming at you at the top of the episode to give you a heads up on a couple of things. Firstly, I just want to say that the movie we're talking about today, Bad Lieutenant, is easily the most repugnant and nasty film we have ever, and I can pretty safely say will ever discuss on this podcast. It's a really provocative film from a genuine provocateur of cinema, Abel Ferreira, and I think this episode is really great. I think the conversation that we have about this movie is really great. I think this episode is also really funny, and it's interesting for us to discuss this movie right now because it does feel very relevant. This is basically Abel Ferreira and Harvey Keitel getting naked and screaming ACAB out three decades ago. I'm telling you this because I don't recommend watching this movie without reading about it first or at least listening to this podcast first if you are a sensitive viewer. It's grubby. It's a yuck movie. So I don't think it's one to go into as a blank slate. Now, there's something cool that I want to tell you. On July 9th, next Thursday, Cam and I are hosting a secret live stream double feature presentation. We'll talk about it at the end of the episode as well, so stay tuned to the very end of a couple of flicks relating to our mega series all about Nicolas Cage. This is pretty secretive. We're being coy, so it's for our Patreon subscribers. So if you want in, head on over to patreon.com slash reboot and sign on up for five bucks a month. This is to stop rats and cops from getting in, baby. This is bootleg style. That's why it's being secretive. That's July 9th. We'll have some links to some indigenous charities that we've been donating to over the last few weeks in the live stream. So if you're in a position to donate, that would be really helpful. Uh, Our friends at Sudic Vision are helping us out with this. They've been doing some incredible online screening experiences over lockdown, and they're taking it up to the next level on the weekend of July 10th, following our cage screening on the 9th. Uh, and that is with Hyperlinks, which is an actual film festival they did in real life before COVID struck. And they're bringing it online. There's going to be Q&As. There's going to be presentations. There's going to be some really amazing, strange films all about the freaking internet, baby. So you'll be crazy not to check it out. The links for all this stuff will be in the episode notes for this episode. So click on through. And like I said, Bad Lieutenant is weird, it's yuck, it is not a recommendation, but it is a really interesting conversation, and I cannot freaking wait to talk about the Nicolas Cage namesake remake, Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans next week. Listening to Total Reboot, the only podcast on the freaking internet that dares discuss movies, cinema, and thereabouts. Okay, baby, it's me, Alexi Toliopoulos, talking to you right now, and talking to you in just a moment's time is my co-host Cameron James. <laughs> in just a moment, give me one moment, yep. and I will talk. Collect yourself. I'm just calming myself down. Yes. As Hello. 
Nice to see you, Alexi. Pleasure as always, and the pleasure is mine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. I feel like you're trying to be extra civil after the Good first Lord. Experience. I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to get manners back into our Please space. Please allow me to introduce our guest today. Um, ladies and He's gentlemen. He's a man of wealth the- and taste. <laughs> He's been around for a long, long time. He's the devil himself, Ben Elwood. Hey! <laughs> ben hey Elwood. Guys, hi, hi. It's such a pleasure to be back on the show. Thanks for joining us, man. You know, the last time the three of us were in this room together was when we were recording Alexi's episode of Why is Cats? I remember, yes. After we forced Alexi to watch the West End uh, show of mm-hmm. of cats, and then you lost your mind. How much yes. you hated it, and now it is my turn to seek vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly seems like that. Last time we made you sit through something that you hated, and now we've forced Ben to sit through something incredibly traumatic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it was only slightly less traumatic than Cats, Absolutely. the West End production. <laughs> but um, I had to to <laughs> to, re- to return the favor. I had to ha- pull out the big guns of was one of cinema's most provocative grubble. Authors, Abel Ferreira, if not the biggest one, it's maybe him and Pierre Pasolini are like the top two. And I gotta say, what I mean, I need to ask you guys, what was more traumatic, watching the cats, watching Rum Tum Tugger writhe around on the projection on the wall mm-hmm. at Elwood's place, or watching Harvey Cartel's schlong? Give himself an old Rum Tum Tugger if you ask, if you ask me. <laughs> What was worse? What was the worst? Oh, it's got to be Kaitel. Yeah. Oh, arms, Come on, arms dude. spread like Jesus, going, <laughs> fucked on cocaine. Come on. No way. I, I like this movie. I hate cats. <laughs> <laughs> this was less disturbing than me watching cats. Because this is like, this is just like the, the disgusting cruelties of a fucked up, twisted provocateur. Whereas cats is like. Are you talking about. Uh... <laughs> Music <laughs> cats is more like oh, you're right. getting a real insight, and then your the fucked up stuff for me was like doing math of like. Sorry, when you said fucked up provocateur, I thought you were talking about uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I didn't yeah. know what you were talking about <laughs> Abel Ferreira. Fucked up provocateur. No, I think it would be like it was more like the disturbance of doing math of going like, okay, so that the cat this big, and now the cockroach this size, and like <laughs> that's where it really. If bad lieutenant me. had made as much money as cats, mm. wouldn't have been as disturbing. <laughs> yeah, and we'd all be complaining about the size of Harvey Keitel's dick would be like the scale was off <laughs> it's the too gorgeous yeah. I gotta say I admired Harvey Keitel because a lot of the time when you see full frontal nudity from mm. a male actor it's clear that they've kind of maybe chubbed up yeah they the... put a bit of blood into yeah, it yeah like when you see Michael Fassbender in shame it's like well maybe his dick's that big mm. in real life but I feel like he kind of got a bit of the blood pumping yeah. just before they yelled action Harvey had a bit of a like crushed coke can thing going like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> one of the most iconic actors of all time has a freaking chode. Okay, <laughs> just freaking say it. Okay, I gotta say, as a guy with kind of like a normal sized penis, yeah. it felt kind of refreshing to it's see. Nice, um, isn't it? You know, dude, yeah. you gotta yeah. check out Eastern Promises. Is it, what is that? Vigo's. Sean of Shotgun. Massive, right? Aragorn's got a big No, 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 no. Beautiful little... <laughs> no beautiful little really? freaking... Yeah. He's got a little snub nose revolver. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little snub nose <laughs> Walther PPK. <laughs> Anyway, guys, we're here I celebrating. Feel like that lieutenant's broken something in us. 
We've lost our minds for today. We haven't even Tottenham said the name Road. of the movie. We're talking about Bad Lieutenant. Yes, Ugh. we're talking about Bad Lieutenant. The first in the Bad Saga following mm-hmm. uh, Bad Lieutenant, then it becomes Bad Santa, mm-hmm. then Bad Teacher, Bad Grandpa. And Bad Lieutenant Porter Call New Orleans, just to round it all out. <laughs> <laughs> but this is our 100 episodes of Total Reboot mega series mm-hmm. where we're looking at the reboots, remakes, and ripoffs of one of the most the most interesting people that has ever graced the silver screen, Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. And of course, this week we're talking about the original Abel Ferreira, I guess kind of cult classic of independent cinema of the early 1990s, Bad Lieutenant starring Harvey Keitel, which in turn is one of those strange Hollywood mysteries as to how it is exactly remade in some kind of way (laughs) by Werner Herzog and his new muse, Nicolas Cage. Bizarre. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Elwood has. The, the Port of Call. Yeah, the you've seen Cage Port of one. Call. I've seen it many times, and I would have to say it is one of my favourite gonzo comedies of all time. Crazy. Like, having just watched the... I, I'd seen the original Bad Lieutenant before mm. many years ago, but watching it tonight has only wow. enriched my love for the Werner Herzog version. Wow. <laughs> one of my favourite gonzo comedies of all time is Muppets in Space. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. You asshole. I sensed that in the air before yeah. you before you even open your mouth. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Gonzo Commodo. <laughs> uh, so you're a big Nicolas Cage guy as well, right? Uh, like, yeah. Like, I don't. It's not like I like revere him and seek him out. Mm. But if he's there, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I dismiss the people who dismiss Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. What is it about him? We've been uh, trying to wrap our heads around who, like, what what you can even quantify about him that is. Like star worthy. Well, I think. I mean? The, I, I mean, I think the easy thing to say about him is like, oh, he's just playing Nicolas Cage. I yeah, I can't, I can't I even can't that. fathom that. No. no, I think that he is doing Kabuki. Mm. I think he's doing expressionism, mm. and I think that he taps into something when he's really at full tilt that goes far beyond, uh, like the conventional portray. Like, say he's doing sad. Like, there's a way of doing sad that's quote-unquote believable. Sure. And then there's Nicolas Cage doing sad where it's like, oh, no, this is what sad really feels this like. This is what sad looks like from space. <laughs> it's like... Gonzo style. When you can see the, like, the Great Wall of China from a satellite, that's yeah. like... Nicholas Cage's acting. Yeah, absolutely. Like, mm. have, you, have you guys seen Mandy? Yeah, I adore Mandy. You seen, yeah, you've seen mm. Mandy? Like, mm. the scene where, you know, he has this complete breakdown yeah. and he's, you know, chugging a bottle of vodka to kill the demons in his head and he's mm. screaming and everything. And it's, like, half hilarious. And it's also one of the most realistic portrayals yeah. of grief I've ever seen. Yeah. Because he is... That's what grief is. You're completely fucking deranged. And all you want to do is find the off switch on the mm. back of your head and turn it off. Mm. And also, like, you know, sometimes when you watch someone that's totally deranged by grief, it is kind of funny. Yeah. You can't help yeah. but laugh. You can't, it's he, such he, an extreme emotional response that mm. you kind of go, all right, yeah, this is, I'm divorcing myself from this. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. now seeing that this is purely comedy, right? Yeah, now. absolutely. This is yeah. physical comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think when he brings that element of comedy to different the different emotional spectrums, that is kind of more true in yeah. a weird... Do you know what I mean? I well, think it's more it's... interesting. Yeah. Very least, it's more interesting. I think the guy, when a lot of people, since we've started doing this a couple of weeks ago, have been saying that he's a bad actor or that no. he's like a, mm. he's like a no, no, hammy no. actor or cheesy or whatever. I think there's no way in the world that I could 
ever call him bad. He he makes these decisions that I think are based on what would be the most interesting thing to watch if you were in the audience mm. right now. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Ham is, I would never use Ham to describe him because there's a difference between what he does and what Hamminess is. Hamminess, I believe, is like big exaggerations of with zero truth. Ham is true, true, Ham true. is yes, performance yes, 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 in a way yes. where it's like you're, what one would expect a emotion to be yep. and to build up from the expectation. Whereas he defies all expectations yep. and he builds it out of like expression for feeling yep. into physicality. <laughs> and I think that you can't like while everything he does is big, you know, apart from like matchstick men or whatever. Yeah. Like everything he does is big and exaggerated. But it's in like you're saying this way that's from very deep within, very honest, yeah. and about expressing what those feelings actually feel like. And to me, that's not Ham. There's so much honesty in what he's doing. <laughs> ham is like the absence of honesty. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's and there's and, and there's an element of control to what he does that a bad actor would not be able to pull off. Mm. Yes. You know, there, there, there's clearly method to the madness. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever seen Peggy Sue Got Married? No. I have recently, within the last oh, really? year or two. And it's a popular th- movie. Yeah. And it's his uncle, Uncle Frank. Yeah, Uncle Frank, because, you know, Nick yeah. Cage is a coppola. Um, and I read him talk about it recently, because it's an insane performance, yeah. right? It's You'd have to agree. Be- it's a beautiful performance. I... I think it's maybe my favorite Cage performance. The movie is sort of like a... I don't know if you know anything about it. No. But it's sort of like a, a fantasy film about a girl, a woman who sort of, I guess, travels back through time it's like, and gets to relive her high school experience. And it came out around the same time as Back to the Future. They're both movies yeah. set in the 80s where they go back to high school in the 1950s. She, Frank, uh, Coppola was kind of channeling like the Frank Capra element of yeah, like, what great. if you could live it all again? And mm. it's wholesome Americana... You know, very funny. So Nick Cage is cast in it as I think they really, when they were writing the film, they wanted sort of like this Elvis type, Mm. like a kind of hot, sexy, handsome Lothario. Uh, Nick Cage chose to play it as, in his words, um, Jerry Lewis on Coke. Mm. So it's like this insane Jerry Lewis, like fucking performance where he speaks in this high-pitched cartoon voice yeah. and he's like oh hello and like crazy yeah, yeah. and I, I heard that i heard him talk about it. he said that like the studio kept coming in and going you need to fire your yeah. nephew this is awful yeah we want him to be the hot dude in the movie and you've turned him into a fucking idiot yeah and frank went to bat for him thank yeah, god yeah thank god you. Thank i love you, that and i think it's one of the funniest performances ever to turn what should be the hot guy in a movie into like this cartoon. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. so fucking but cool. But is he still hot? He's handsome. Like he's Nick Cage. It yeah. depends where you shoot him from. Beck Charwood on the last episode <laughs> did the most perfect Nicolas Cage thing where she said every single angle you shoot him from, it's a different person. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. like front on, handsome. And then like slightly to the side, oh my God, who's this guy? Who's yeah. this fucking freak? I think what he's doing, it's... <sighs> I don't know. I don't. I don't quite have the language for it. But Cam, you and I have talked about like the effect that like opera has, mm-hmm. or you know, silent film has. I love silent film, and it's clearly not reality. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch Nosferatu or Caligari or something, and there's yeah. no part of you that's like, well, this is you know very realistic. Mm-hmm. And the same with opera. You know, guys going ah for twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, and 
God, it I would teetered. love to see you do that for 20. <laughs> Sustain that note for 20, please. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it does tick over into a sense of absurdity. Mm. But, well, for me personally, I'm never pulled... If I am pulled out of the emotion, it is only for that brief moment of, oh, this is really crazy. Yeah. Or this is really full on. And then, yeah. bang, I'm back in it. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that thing we were saying before. Of it, is, it is expressing something that is inexpressible. You know, mm. and sometimes grief or joy or whatever it is, it can't be depicted in a conventional way. You mm. have to go to 11 to articulate that feeling of So just... that's like Spinal Tap style, you're saying? Yeah, totally. you got to go <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, to spinal 11. Tap style. Yeah, Nick Cage is an actor that starts at 11, yeah. makes his way up from there. And you know what? The, uh, if, the if guy's can... inventing numbers by the end of it. If I can like, tie it back into the movie we're about to talk about... I would say this is a movie that starts at about 11 as mm. well. Uh, yeah. And Mrs. Quite Harvey literally, Quartel. This movie starts at 11 p.m. and yeah. the rest of the movie probably <laughs> set around sometime after that if as you, far as it goes. If you put Bad Lieutenant on before 11 p.m., it's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Still, to this day. Yeah. This movie is a nighttime movie. And mm. uh, shit, I was not prepared for it. You both had seen Bad yeah. Lieutenant before. You had no idea what you were getting yourself into, did no, you? No, I knew the title. Mm. I knew that it was considered like a taxi driver adjacent film. Mm-hmm. I knew Harvey Keitel was in it. Mm. That's it. Mm. I didn't mm. realize that How I was... How do you feel? I feel great. <laughs> I don't feel great. I feel like I walked into this um, blinder than I should have. I, I, yeah. I, halfway through the movie, I said to you guys, I'm glad I didn't read anything about this because I'm just experiencing it. But now that it's over, I kind of wish that I'd just read something about it so I mm. knew that it was going to be what it was, which is plotless um, nihilism. Yeah, nihilistic Very is... Well put. Nihilistic is the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the refrain that kept coming up while we were watching it was, what, what is this about? What is, yeah. What is this film trying to say? Yes. And yeah. Ben, when did you first see this movie? I would have seen this... Probably five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I probably found it on some list of, you know, the yep. 20 most fucked up cult movies you've <laughs> ever seen or whatever. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. Um, it's that is... the next list of absolute faves. Yeah, oh, I, think, I, I think I saw this around the time that I was going through my, uh, you know, Lars von Trier, yeah. Gaspar Noé. Kind oh, of yeah. Like, Let's go deep. Let's see how fucked up cinema can be. You are talking to our fan base right now. This yeah. is um, this is all of us. We've all been through yeah. this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like you, if you're gonna be a, a cinephile, uh-huh. you do have to go to those places. Um, unfortunately, it's rare for those films to leave me feeling anything other than kind of like, Ugh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, buddy, yeah, I got it. Yeah, you, yeah, you're very mature. He's mm. a bad lieutenant. Mm. Well, unfortunately, that's exactly it, is that they're all, like, in a way, very subtext-free films. Yep. They're all... And they're quite surface-level and shallow. Surface-level. Yeah. The opening scene is the ethos for what the movie is going to be, and then you just get variations on that theme mm. over and over again. Well, and that's what Bad Lieutenant is. We, we said really that while is, we're watching yeah. it. It's, yeah. it's the same five scenes... Mm. On a loop, he goes out looking for drugs. He yeah. takes the drugs. He does mm. something awful. <clears throat> then he, cries. he wakes up with his family. Yeah, he prays to Jesus. He <laughs> goes mm. out to find drugs, and yeah. there's really no. Whoa, whoa, spoilers! That's, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's the whole sorry. movie, dude. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, Some people first, might not have seen it. That's the first three scenes. <laughs> 
Is there a, is there, just to divert for one second, mm. is there a, like, dirty nihilistic movie that you guys can think of that you think is, like, really fucking great? I, I don't, I think there are plenty. Mm. Like, to me, watching this is very clear that Taxi Driver is a big influence on yeah. it. And when you mm. watch a lot of these, like, grubster movies, like, set in these urban settings... That's the one that it all leads back to, I think, mm. is Taxi Driver. And when you watch it, there's something undeniable about Taxi Driver where it does tap into, like, this, like, not a common thought or common thread in humanity, mm. but, like, it taps into the idea of, like, there are deeper, darker thoughts in the recesses of your brain. Yeah. I don't think anything <laughs> specific, it doesn't go, like, oh, you actually think this. I think it works because it is, like, this broadness to it where it's, like, it taps into like the idea that yeah, you do have these like you do have a conscious basically no, where you have thoughts about it, and yeah. I think that I think that's the one where it's like all of them live in the wake of that film. Mm-hmm. Every every one of these grubs, the flicks, mm. lives in the wake of Taxi Driver. But then there's others that I enjoy. Like I have a fondness for this. I have a fondness for Abel Ferreira, who is the director of this movie. He mm. who is like an absolute provocateur, an absolute grub. I love Paul Schrader as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do. I think because like a lot of these like grub auteurs were for me an early access point into cinema Mm -hmm. like coming off you know american new wave films that scorsese was part of where i don't think scorsese is a grub provocateur no i think there are movies he has made mainly with paul schrader yeah that's what i was gonna say that fall into that category Mm, and kind of epitomize what they were and then for me like i saw Blazer Tenement when I was maybe 15 years old because like I was like a Harvey Keitel stan like I I I worshipped Harvey Keitel he's one of my favourite actors of all time and uh, my journey through cinema was very much like Coppola watch Godfather Mm. then my mum goes like oh you like this you're going to love Scorsese (laughs) she gets me Goodfellas she gets me Taxi Driver and probably Raging Bull and we watch those like in like a weekend I'm like Mm. Wow, these are awesome. I love this other guy, Harvey Keitel. He's like, oh. You're going like, to love his cock. You're going to love his schnauzer. So I do think my mom bought <laughs> bad lieutenant like the week after that. I was like, you're going to love this. Harvey. Oh, my God. This is the one where Harvey Keitel You really, really... liked him crying in this movie? You're going to love his schwanz in this movie. <laughs> If you like the way Harvey Keitel's face entirely winces when he cries, you're going to love it when it does it while he's screaming, oh, walking around naked, crying. <laughs> so I would have seen this at like 15. And like, you know, back then, I think I was like so... Because also like, you know, when I was 15, I'm not that different to how I am now. I'm a real, I'm a real fucking goody two-shoes, How do you pie process boy. this film at 15? I can barely process it now at 32. Yeah. I don't think I can. I could. Watching it now, I'm like, good Lord. Like, my, there's no way mum saw this. You said to us before we watched it that you went to see it with your mum or you watched it with your mum? It might have been. I don't know. I know that I would have watched it because my mum was like, Harvey Keitel's really good in this movie. I, I reckon she read that in an <laughs> article. <laughs> I reckon she read that. I can't even picture this the DVD cover being in the same room as my mum. Sickening. If I sat next to my mum watching this, there'd be like you know those like kids that divorce their parents. It would like there's no way there's no recovering from this. Kari Kari. I probably married my mum after this. In a very weird emotional sense. But I think you both have met my mum. Very sweet, Mm. nice, kind lady. And I think that she was like, my son has found what he loves. He loves to explore cinema. And she just would have read an article where it's like, Harvey Gattel's finest performances. Because this was a big 
independent cult hits very quickly in the 90s. Not like, you know, I wouldn't have made fucking money. Like, movies like this don't make money. No, dude, I would have made a bill. <laughs> <laughs> one bill, one Why'd dollar you go bill. Watch this? <laughs> <laughs> Lines around the block for Bad Lieutenant. My mum buying on a DVD in Australia is probably when it turned profit. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe shit like this got released. Like, it's not... I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's not mm. a bad film. But I just can't believe it. Like, yeah. I can't mm. reconcile it with cinema from the early 90s. Mm. This is a year or two shy of Jurassic Park getting released <laughs> it, in cinemas. It does feel like a movie... It feels like a 70s movie. Mm. Yeah. It even 70s. looks like it. It looks colors like, yeah. the 70s, man. Yeah, I mean, I had to keep reminding myself, this is, you know, as we said, uh, the same year as Reservoir Dogs. Mm. Yeah. Mm. This is a Reservoir Dogs, Harvey Cartel. Yeah. Yeah. And uh it's... Dude, one this is set in the deepest, darkest, dankest parts of New York. Just a block up, you've got Tom Hanks meeting Meg Ryan <laughs> on top of the Empire State Building falling in love. Yeah, yeah, just around the corner, fucking Kevin McAllister's getting home alone. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, Kevin McAllister's walking past other cast members from Scorsese movies. <laughs> more Corley Culkin bumped into the bad lieutenant instead of the pigeon lady. You've been a bad little boy. You've been a bad boy. You stay home alone. And what are you doing when you're home alone, huh? You're setting traps. You're setting traps on you. Yeah. Show me how you set those traps. Ah, fuck. Show me how you set those traps. Show me how you set that trap. Show me how you set that trap. Show me how you set that trap. So I like. I, I I think that I have like this this part of me where I'm like I love these grubsters and I don't know why because it's so like antithetical oh. to like my being as a person yeah but and like that's, but that's what it is it's your way of kind of purging maybe some of the dark recesses of your reptile brain it must be filthy man. it has to be because I mean I think um <laughs> and I maybe maybe I'm speaking on behalf of you a little bit but I think like I'm fairly nihilistic negative person <laughs> but i often can't stand watching these movies mm. because i feel like i just want to see mm. something joyful and happy on screen yeah. a lot of the time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i don't want to see what's on the inside of my eyelids <laughs> wow. yeah no totally that's uh, i guess that's true because i'm the opposite i'm very optimistic <laughs> and mm. joyful person sweet life and I watch this and I'm like, yes. It's six, escapism six, six, six. for you. It is escapism probably. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I'm 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 more of the school of like I'm really glad that Abel Ferrara, is that his name? Abel Ferrara, yeah. Abel Ferrara and Gaspar Noe and mm. these guys exist. Mm. Like I'm glad I live in a world where they're able to make movies. Yeah. And I'll watch their movies. And they're now not and doing then, open but comedy. I'm not. Like I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. It's very yeah. bad. Yeah, a yeah. Very bad, Lieutenant. I've, I've never... Th- I don't think I've ever been shocked or disgusted by anything I've ever seen on screen, ever, because um, I've often... like I like thinking of disgusting, fucked up things <laughs> myself, and I can do that. But there are t- I don't ever want to see anyone else's imagination like mm, that. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm, mm, mm. Maybe sometimes I do. It's nice to see it. Sometimes, like when I watched Bad Lieutenant just then with you guys, I enjoyed it because it is nice to see... Oh, yeah, other people think of fucking gross things, too. <laughs> and that's okay. It's nice to see. <laughs> but, but I would never make a habit out of watching this kind of film. You know? Yeah, I, mean? I feel, I feel like that's an early 20s thing. Mm-hmm. Very, well, for me, anyway, it yeah. very much was. You know, like when you first kind of 
oh yeah, life is shit and yeah. nothing works out. You know, like I loved Lars von Trier mm. when I was twenty. I can't 21. watch. I can't watch any von Trier now well, at all. Now I do. I find him insufferable. Yes, yes. It's just insufferable. Like, I, I bro, can't. I can't. You were saying you rewatched. Um, Fuck, what's the... Antichrist? Did you re-watch Antichrist? Oh, no, I don't ever seen Antichrist once. Uh, and I spent most of it with a pillow over my face. Yeah. Screaming. Mm. Like, and hysterically mm. laughing. But in that way that you hysterically laugh when your brain is, like, fizzing and you can't yeah. quite process what... When that <laughs> yeah. fox turns to the camera and says, Chaos Reigns, that might be one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> so funny. And, and, and in that moment, it's like, are you trolling me? Like, like, are you for real? But that's, I can accept it when it's a bit trolling. And I, to be honest, I kind of thought this movie was trolling us. Mm. Yeah. Should we talk about it? Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. get into it. Listen, before we get into the movie, before we hear the trailer, we have danced, we've, we've not more than danced around. We've talked about this movie. We've talked about how it's fucked up. We've talked about how it's a grubs to film. So just be warned. We're going to be talking about some fucked up grubs yeah. to shit. Like this mm-hmm. movie is about that kind of grubs to stuff. It is kind of funny. It is kind of weird. It's not one that I would immediately recommend to all listeners of this podcast. If you like the kind of goofy humor and stuff, Maybe skip Bad Lieutenant yeah, and I don't know straight to Bad Lieutenant, it. Port of Call, New York. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Always and forever. Jay Scott of the Toronto Globe and Mail claims, every so often, the limits of screen acting are redefined and expanded. Harvey Keitel has given the kind of performance a generation is defined by. Love in return. I do I got uh, two young girls. I shot Ned twice each. I don't know if they're still wearing the rounds, Ned, or what. Bruce Williamson of Playboy calls it a dark morality play with shock value to spare. Bad Lieutenant spells out themes of hypocrisy and sexual obsession with the intensity of a nightmare. Just put $120,000 on tomorrow's game. This guy will come by your house and blow your house up with your wife and kids and everybody in it. You know what? No one can kill me. I'm blessed. Okay, Bad Lieutenant 1992, directed by Abel Ferreira. Gambler, thief, junkie, killer, cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yes. That's a tagline to A-cab. this movie. Fuck yes. While investigating a young nun's rape, a corrupt New York City police detective with a serious drug and gambling addiction tries to change his ways and find forgiveness. So that is like the broad strokes of what it is and kind of like, I guess what the one, the closest thing to a through line in this movie is, where it's kind of like, it's very bare bones. It's very experiential Mm. character portrait Mm. of a movie of this nameless cop fucking shit up. Oh, does that actually... Yeah, does he get a name? He doesn't get a name. Bad Lieutenant. Really? Yeah. I didn't even pick that up. I, he doesn't have a name. The closest is that he's just called the Lieutenant. So and we can, so we know he's a Lieutenant, and from the evidence in the film, we can gather that he's a bad Lieutenant. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and the movie's about yes. him. He has no name, so the viewer can project themselves onto Oh, it's him. us. We're yes. the bad <laughs> Lieutenant. <laughs> and I get, like, that's what this movie is, in its broadest strokes, and... That's what it is entirely. Like, it is just like, that's the theme of this movie. Have you seen that... Bad Santa? It's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. This guy's bad at being a Santa. It's yeah. funnier than Bad Santa. Yeah. 
because it is just scenes and scenes repeated over again, just reinsinuating like, yeah, yeah, this guy has no redeem- redeeming qualities at all. He's bad at being a policeman. Uh, like all the technical stuff that at least a cop should be competent at. He is bad at that. So that's one reason he's bad. Also, he's probably fucking evil. He is evil. He does coke all day long. He, the first thing is him dropping his kids at Catholic school. Yeah. And as soon as they leave the car, he does coke. Yeah, he does yeah, a yeah. bump of yeah, coke off his vial. keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made me vial. want a vial. Yeah. I think I- that would be so fun to have a fucking vial. <laughs> <laughs> he actually used the same cross that Sarah Michelle Gellar would later use in, in Cruel. It felt like that, a little vile little spoon. Like, who mm. the fuck does that? Especially when you're a lieutenant. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a bad God's lieutenant. Sake. That's oh, 80s he... coke addict kind of behavior. Yes, it is. He's, I, would, I would argue that he's bad at being bad. There's a scene mm. where he mm. tries to steal a sack of cocaine out of yeah. a murdered drug dealer's yeah. car and yeah. fucks it up yeah. and drops it. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, that's evidence. And the other cops take it. And then like, he walks to camera with a really pissed off expression. Yeah, I, 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 that like, was the funniest that. thing. Fuck. I fucked that There up. was actually a lot of comedy in this movie for you know the synopsis that you just read out the, the synopsis first, the first <laughs> sentence mentions sexual assault very unfunny subject yep. I would say for a movie that features not only like graphic sexual assault and like uh, religious iconography um it's it's got a lot of unintentional comedy in it, or possibly intentional. I can't tell. That I was the hard part. I, I hardly s- can't tell what's going on in Harvey. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I do believe that the comedy and like kind of like this slightly sketched nature of the structure of this film, mm. where it is just the repeated scenes yeah. of shit stuff of depravity being, depravity uh, yeah. lewdness vile behaviour depravity depravity yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is intentional because I think that in the truest sense like uh, you know one of Abel Ferreira's biggest heroes is Pierre Pasolini who did like Salo and mm. lots of like, like it, yeah. Is that movie real? Because oh. I'm terrified to. Even I've never seen that. I will right. never yeah. watch yeah, it. I don't think I ever it's will. It's one of those ones that uh, I have read enough about to yeah. know that I'll never watch. Yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Solo is if you if you've never heard of Solo, it is kind of this one of the biggest icons in cinephilia, I would say, mm. and probably scatophilia. <laughs> it is a movie about like the fascists in Italy keeping people like prisoner and then people eating their own feces and doing depraved sexual acts is based on 120 days of Sodom. Marquis de, Marque de Sade, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Marquis mm-hmm. de Sade. So it's like really <laughs> fucked up stuff. So this is Abel Ferreira's idol. He even made a movie about Pasolini starring Willem Dafoe, I think, as Pasolini. Wow. And Willem Dafoe and Abel Ferreira are best friends. And Willem Dafoe is, comes across a very sweet, funny, nice man, kind, who loves acting. Mm. And I think that it's very funny to think of them as friends. <laughs> and there's this great clip from Conan O'Brien where you can find both of them online mm. where um, Abel Ferreira is on, I think, doing the press for this movie on like early, early Conan, or maybe it's his next film. And he Wait, is... there was press for this movie? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. To on Conan a... O'Brien? To imagine the late night circuit. Jeez. Yeah. And so the director is playing movie. the clip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, you've been a couple of bad girls, huh? You've been a couple of bad girls. So Harvey, uh, in this scene, it looks like you're really uh, polishing your bishop over there. Uh, yeah. Really whacking the schwanz. That's my real schwanz up there. <laughs> 
but uh, so there's this clip of Conan interviewing Abel Ferreira. Abel Ferreira is smacked out. Like, he's Oof. so drunk. He's so... Something. He's oh, really man. out there. And then, like, 20 years later, like, last year, Willem Dafoe was a guest on the show. And he's like, man, whenever I'm here, I always think about when my best friend Abel was on the show. And then starts to begin a perfect impression. You can just see Wonderful. Conan, like, like, oh, my God, I know exactly the moment <laughs> you're talking about from my life of interviewing this guy. And so, I think of Abel Ferreira, he is in the truest sense, like in the lineage of those provocateurs. Mm. And there's nothing that is more provocative mm. than making you watch something that we just watched, which is vile. Yep. You're seeing the most heinous acts performed by someone, being performed by like a beloved actor like Javi Keitel. <laughs> mm. And he, I, nothing is more provocative than him getting you to laugh while watching this. Do yeah, you think yeah, that yeah. was his intention though? Because I know we were laughing, but mm. you know, you know... The three of us have, you know, a dark streak in our sense of humor mm. and, you know, but do you think that there was a deliberate... Oh, like- would. This is something you and I have discussed at length when it comes to the film Cats. <laughs> uh, intention versus, like, the way it was, mm. is received yes. by an audience. Yes. And we've come down, I don't know where we've come down on that with Cats, really. Like, I, I think we've come down on our <laughs> our interpretation of that yeah. is different to the way it was intended yeah, absolutely. by Tom Hooper. absolutely. But- I mean, I, I feel like it doesn't matter, but also I feel like with this one, it's there's so many jarring, funny punchline yes. moments yeah. at the end yes. of the scenes. Yes, that it feels deliberate to me. If 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 not, if if the intent to make the audience laugh is not out of a comedic reason, yeah. it's at the very least a tension release. Yes. Yeah, I mean to to have a scene where Harvey Keitel is fucked up on coke with two <laughs> sex workers and he's naked you see his dick on screen he's crying <laughs> and then hard cut to him asleep on his lounge in his living room with his children playing with blocks on yeah, the floor yeah, yeah. and That's it's the pinkest yeah, the yeah. pinkest room you've ever seen yeah yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, feels yeah. like a like yeah. oh, okay we're supposed to find this hilarious yeah. a bit yeah yeah this yeah. fucking guy and there's another example i think is maybe even more clear than that is when he has he's he's like he he sees himself as irredeemable, but he sees that, and so do we. Well, he's obviously, he's a bad lieutenant. He's a bad yeah. lieutenant. It's quite obvious. <laughs> it's in the freaking name of the movie. The guy is quite a bad lieutenant, and we he sees himself as irredeemable, but he believes as this Catholic man that if he's to redeem this nun that was raped by these two men mm. by killing these men, that he will be able to be redeemed in the eyes of Christ. Yes, and then she has he breaks down when she repeats for the second time that she has forgiven those men because that is how what she's been taught is to forgive and he breaks down and has like a true breakdown where then he sees Jesus in front of him yes. talking to him like just <clears throat> staring down at him he's trying to like calling Jesus a rat fuck yeah. he calls Jesus a rat fuck yeah, like yeah, 40 yeah. times yeah, yeah, yeah. He's what fully, the fuck yeah. do you have in <laughs> you're a rat fuck you're a rat fuck <laughs> 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 And he's like just screaming at him. And then it hard cuts to it's looking down. You're seeing Jesus' perspective looking down at him. Yeah. And then it cuts back from to Harvey Keitel's perspective. And it's a woman that has wandered into the like a yeah. lost woman yeah. that's wandered into the yeah. thing with like a look of just what the hell yeah. is happening to yeah. me. Kissing her that's feet. a comedy beat. Yeah. There's so many other ones that are like not too dissimilar to the kind of Airplane mm. flying high, physical comedy where you know he he's listening to <laughs> he's listening to baseball on the radio in his car, 
and his team loses, so he pulls his gun out and shoots the car radio. <laughs> yeah. and, then he, and then yeah. people see him, he has to drive off. Yo, no, he attaches the siren to the yeah. roof Woo! of his car and, Woo! Yeah. and speeds off while he's screaming at the shot-out radio, racial I mean, so epitaphs. I think it's deliberate. I think it mm. is. I think it has to be. If it's not, then this is a bad filmmaker. But he, let me give you a little bit of a rundown of Abel Ferreira's career, because I didn't know anything yeah, about Yeah, no, I don't it. know anything about it. So his first film... As I mentioned to you just before we started recording. <laughs> I believe I told you as well. It is a porno. <laughs> it's a pornographic film. Wait, are we talking like porno is in like an R-rated art porno? No, it's like X-rated. Por- it's, yeah. it's porn. It's porn, porno. Dude. Straight up porno. Um, it is artistic because a filmmaker made it. He used a pseudonym. But he uses a pseudonym. He doesn't think about his, his first film. A filmmaker? Yes, on, okay. I'm saying that. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking... I'm hoity-toity that way. Yeah. Okay, dude, that's why I draw the freaking line. <laughs> the title of the film is Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy. Great. Yeah, yeah so yeah. he is a provocateur. Very mature So guy. he begins his career making porno. His second film, his first real film, is called The Driller Killer, mm-hmm. which then became a video nasty and was banned like everywhere in the world. So just as a, as a <clears> side <throat> note, mm-hmm. the uh, video that Patrick Bateman is constantly renting all mm-hmm. the way through the novel American Psycho is The Driller Killer. Yeah. Really? Constantly. Yes. And he That's mas- interesting. He likes to jerk off to The Driller Killer. This is this movie is not too dissimilar to American Psycho. Right, really. okay. Like the idea, yeah. I think... I think the movie we just watched is like mm. an irredeemable yeah. character like yeah. Patrick Bateman yeah. who's that has dark comedy running through it. His third film was a rape revenge called Miss 45. Which is like a big cult exploitation movie. Right. It is, um, it's actually very, it's very good, I would say, as far as like, if you like exploitation movies, it's one that's on like every list as like, this is a cool 1980s exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's like, Sort of becoming mainstream like in, a, City in, of a, in a fringe way. Yeah, him? Fear City, which has Melanie Griffith, Billy Dee Williams in it. And Tom Berenger, I yeah, think. Yeah, Ray Dawn Chong. And then like a couple of Michael Mann films that he's worked on and mm-hmm. some Miami Vice shows. Bad Lieutenant is like his, okay, you're ready for the big time. His breakout, <laughs> yeah. You're ready for the big time, man. This is it. This is you. You get to tell your story. Yeah. What's it going to be? He chooses to tell... Truly a plotless film. Yeah, really. It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it is, you said it's a sketch movie. It is. It's like a series of sketches mm. where every sketch is depressing and, uh, <laughs> and very upsetting. And almost every sketch involves a cop freebasing cocaine. Yes. <laughs> that is one of the motifs of this movie is cops, a cop freebasing cocaine. Played by one of, maybe, it had been a long time since I've seen this movie. This might be one of the best performances in film but Harvey's Harvey look he's oh. amazing he, there's no he, two ways about it the guy's incredible but I don't know if I'd uh, how yeah. do you define it yeah, I don't know if it's in the pantheon of great performance I put it? it up there with Arthur Fleck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's Arthur Fleck adjacent there was a moment there was a moment where he comes into a room mm. fucked on drugs mm. and all three of us yeah. debated amongst ourselves whether he was method acting and actually yeah. on drugs. Or methadone acting. Yeah, me- yeah, yeah, that's actually good. very funny. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> I would have said meth head acting. <laughs> okay, extremely funny. But that's funnier. me punching up your joke. <laughs> yeah, that's much funnier, Ben. Care to lay one on it? <laughs> uh, nah. Uh, I'm not a pun guy. Um, no, but in that sense, it's very good. Mm. But, you know, I don't know. Oh, it's it's a it's a I love it. Great acting performance, but mm. I don't know if uh, when I think of great performances of all time, I think of rewatchability, mm. and I don't think I would 
be comfortable watching that movie again for another decade. Yeah, maybe. you got to do it like me every twenty years. Every twenty years, yeah, because um, like it's it's undeniably great, and he is great. Mm. But but it's it's so it's one of those things. There's a film called Tropic Thunder, and there's a wonderful line in that film, which I will paraphrase. <laughs> okay, no, which we is get don't it. go full R word. Yes, this movie is almost that. Yeah, I think in so. that, like, don't go full psycho. Yeah, it's truly yeah. psychotic performance. I think that there's a difference between performance and character, where this is like completely unlikable character, and this is almost an unwatchable movie. And I would say that this performance <laughs> is unwatchable because yeah. it is hard to watch Harvey Keitel, a beloved actor, oh. go through these things with this performance, like what he's reaching for, which is like this utmost, honest, verisimilitude of like what it is to be a bad lieutenant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where yeah. he's like, you're seeing him like really access the feelings, probably in a bit of a Nicolas Cage way, mm. in this expressionistic way of like what it feels to be so strung out and yeah. to have an addiction. And Abel Ferreira's movies often have this addiction theme. There's another film that he did a couple of years after this with Willem Dafoe called uh, called Addiction, which is like heroin junkies as as experienced by vampires. Mm-hmm. And the movie that he made just before this probably is his breakout one called uh, King of New York with uh, Christopher Walken and Lawrence Fishburne. And that's a bit more of a, more of a plotted film, which is more of a traditional gangster film or the way that gangster movies were happening at that time where it's like one of the first ones to kind of infuse hip-hop into it in a way yeah, and wow. portray these gangsters in that way. And Lawrence Fishman and Christopher Walken, probably for both of them, I'd say one of their greatest performances as well in their careers. And I think that this one, it's more tapping into that realm of like discomfort where you're seeing this really powerful experiential performance <laughs> by Harvey Keitel. And I was reading about it just then where it's like, Abel Ferreira said uh, this quote that I don't think Harvey Gaitel was using anything for this. I think he's just using talent yeah. and the teachings from uh, Stella Adler and Lee Strasberg. And he <laughs> I says, love the studio. <laughs> he, he, Abel Ferreira admitted in a 2012 interview that he was using drugs during the making of the film. The director of that film needed to be using the director and the writer, not the actors. Right. And this movie has that really strung out feeling, and I believe that's part of it. The other co-writer of this movie is one of the stars of the film. Uh, It is the actress Zoe Lund, Mm. who was an advocate for heroin uh, heroin use, and she is uh, best known for this movie and Ms. 45, where she is the lead of that film, I believe. And she uh, co-wrote this screenplay and also has claimed to have co-directed this movie as well. Right. And uh, the do you know the art house filmmaker Jonas Mikas, who no, like passed away no. this year? He he has like vouched for that and has like these notes and stuff that he uh, that she did co-direct this movie as well. And so she's in this movie. She's the the person that like Injects uses him. heroin and injects Harvey Cartel yeah, with yeah, heroin. Yeah. So I think that this film like it, it creates like that real discomfort and I think that part of his success is Harvey Keitel like translating that in this really just big I don't know is exaggerated way I don't know if you I don't I don't think it, I don't know if it is exaggerated I think there is a real authenticity to his decline over the movie because I wouldn't say that the character has an arc no but he is much more 
put together at yeah. the beginning of the film than he is. Yeah, at he's the taking end. his kids to school. Yeah, he's yeah. driving. He's wearing a suit. He's investigating his things. His top buttons done up. Yeah, mm. by the end, he's literally like freebasing <laughs> in nightclubs and just wandering the streets out of his fucking yeah. mind. And he looks like there are moments where it's like, dude, you look like you haven't slept in three yeah, days. And mental. it doesn't look like makeup effect. It looked, He looks genuinely yeah. not well. I think that uh, he. I read that he stayed in character during this film. Oh, can you imagine how fucking insufferable that would have been? But I think imagine being w- his fucking wife. Oh. Yeah. Well, that was your day at be- work today, Carvey. Oh, fuck you. Fucking- <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you, dude. Come on, you fucking serious, dude? You a bad girl? You yeah. a bad girl? <laughs> ask me about my day. <laughs> you going to ask me about my fucking day? Listen to those You names. ask me about my fucking day? I'm an actor. <laughs> Those names you just mentioned, right, of actors he's collaborated mm. with aside from Harvey. And I'm looking through the rest of, like, his films, you know, and you've got Christopher Walken, you've already mentioned, yeah. E. Falco, Michael Imperioli, Chris Penn, Isabella Rossellini, Benicio del Toro, Annabelle Sciorra, I believe. Whitaker, Juliette yeah. Binoche, Heather yeah. Graham, Marion Cotillard. Everyone that he's worked with is, like, a fucking sensational actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I don't know any of this cunt's other movies because yeah. these are all like stars and more mm. than stars, artists. Bob Hoskins and Willem Dafoe were oh, in a movie Hoskins. with him. That I believe I've it's never a comedy. Fucking heard of? I've never heard of it either. Is How it is comedy? this possible? Yeah, like he works with these sensational stars. He was making a movie in two thousand nine starring Forrest Whitaker and Fifty Cent, <laughs> and it was a Jekyll and Hyde. What the fuck? Is, what the fuck is this guy's career? Yeah. How do I not know any of these movies? I only know Bad Lieutenant because it got remade as a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. So he clearly has cred and respectability amongst. But based off um, what? And yeah. based off of other filmmakers, like Scorsese listed this as his top five favorite movies of the nineties. Like there's Bad this, Lieutenant. Yes. There's this great Roger Ebert clip. Man, I would have put something about Mary above that. <laughs> he might have. I can't remember. <laughs> You see, this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, you see, there's a scene where Ben Slade ejaculates and Cameron Diaz, I believe, puts it, she rubs it into her hair. And um, I just think that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Great Where's Marty. my baseball? <laughs> where was his baseball? I'm trying to find his baseball. I'm looking for his baseball. I can't find his baseball. It's like, oh, it's just wonderful stuff, you know? Reminds me of the Marx Brothers. That's kind of Marx Brothers type stuff. The Farrelly Brothers, Marx Brothers, same yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All those great jizz jokes yeah. in those classic Marx Brothers films. <laughs> There's like this jizz great soup. it's this great clip you can find on YouTube where <laughs> oh. oh that was a rage. Fuck yeah. you. That was a fucking rage. It was well timed. Oh. <laughs> But um, nasty he, boy. this clip from is like a clip at the end of like 1999. Roger Ebert, Marcus Scorsese, famous pals. They absolutely adore films, these fellas. And they're just, <laughs> they just go through their top 10 of the 1990s. And this is in Marcus Scorsese's top five. What, do, do you remember anything that Marty says about why he thinks it's one of the I think top it's really five? funny. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of my movie. Reminds me of my movie. I think it's funny. It's got my best friend in it. Uh, how can I tell? <laughs> Uh, it's got Victor Argo. I love Victor Argo. I love those character actors from New York. They can really smell that they have eaten a gyro in the last five days. <laughs> and I, I think that I think that he's like, I think that he loves this shit. He gets off on it. I read uh, I read this out to you guys, but I, I want to read it out to our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> for anyone who doesn't really know Abel Ferreira, which I didn't, I didn't know anything about this fucking guy, right? He's, I mean, he's, he's allegedly a, 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 an artist and like mm. a, all these amazing stars have worked with him over the years. He has on his Wikipedia a list of his influences. <laughs> and I want to read them out because they're pretty sensational. Um, artists and filmmakers who have influenced Ferreira's work over the years include The Stones, Dylan, Da Vinci, Kubrick, Woody Allen. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that imagine, and that's in quotes, like he said that in an interview. Yeah. The Stones, <laughs> Woody Allen, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love me, the Stones. Fuck man, yeah, the Stones, probably the Da Vinci. Um, who else do I love? Da Vinci's awesome. Yeah, Kubrick's pretty awesome. He's fucking does some amazing fucked up movies. Lolita, Lolita, particularly. Uh, who else? Um, probably the pedophile that lives across the whole thing. <laughs> Upper West Side kind of. What movie was Woody Allen making around the time the Bad Lieutenant was made? I think Deconstructing Harry or something. Deconstructing Harry was great. Mm. You want me to bleep Mm. that out? No, yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Deconstructing (laughs) Harry is terrible. No, you're allowed to like the films and art of bad people, but you just can't like the person. And you can't like the actions of Bad Lieutenant. (laughs) Yeah. You can like Bad Lieutenant, but not the actions. But you know what sucks is there are probably moments where the Bad Lieutenant was being a good lieutenant, but we don't see that. We only see the parts where he's a bad lieutenant. I don't know. We spend a lot of time with the bad lieutenant. I never saw him do anything good. But what about before yeah. this, man? Maybe he was a good lieutenant before this movie. I think that's what this film is just trying to say, is that like there is not a redeemable cop in this movie whatsoever. The best mm-hmm. cop that you see is a very clumsy, inept cop that is unlucky enough to call a bad lieutenant on a convenience store robbery. And then the bad lieutenant points guns at everyone in the scene, leaves, and then starts eating food at the convenience yeah, store yeah, while he's there alone. Yeah, a bag alone. of Eskimo pies. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, I think that's what he's saying in this, is like, yeah, cops are fucking scum. When people mm. hold up signs saying defund the police, they're specifically yeah. talking about the yeah. bad lieutenant. Yeah. 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 And if, if only this movie came out... Every month instead of shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. <laughs> you know. This is the opposite of Copaganda. Like, this yeah. is like this is like what they should show. They're like, yeah, this is actually probably more These accurate These are what portrayal. the cops are. Yeah. This is probably more accurate portrayal than like, Bizarre, like a Copland like, we've, or whatever. We've kind of talked about how semi-unwatchable this movie was and mm. how it's tough watching everything. And it is. But there's never been a more timely film yes. for us mm. to be watching right now. Yep. When we're watching this kind of happen in real life and... Mm. And um, and it sort of has been happening forever. Obviously, yes. this movie's documenting it. <laughs> yeah. But um, but like now is the time for us all to rise up in our anger towards the police force, and this movie reflects that. But I still find it so difficult to enjoy. Mm. But I is couldn't... it designed to be enjoyed? Because not all films are designed to be enjoyed. That's true. You know, there's a film I saw, Son of Saul, that's set in the fucking gas chambers of Auschwitz-Birkenau for 90 minutes. And no one's walking out of that film going, what a blast. I want to see that again. Yeah. But I think think that's part of this movie's power, is like that it is is unenjoyable, but except that... (laughs) It goes to an excess where you're like, this is insane. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Where I think there is an enjoyment in that. In, in a, the absurdity of it. In the absurdity yeah. of it. Like, I don't think that... It, I This is a movie that I would absolutely say I do not recommend to the wider audience of this podcast. Mm. If you're listening to everything that we've said and you find this interesting, if you're interested in provocative films and provocateurs like Abel Ferreira, 
you might find this you might find this interesting, you might find it fascinating. You might even like us enjoy the experience of watching it with your friends mm. because it is it taps into this absurdness of it all. Um, but I think that, like you said, it is timely. It was timely to watch it now and see like this is something that has been reflected for a long time. But you don't see it reflected in cinema very often. Mm. Like you know, it we... is a fever dream nightmare mm-hmm. of the police. <laughs> it is literally like the worst <clears throat> kind <throat> of police that you could imagine. Yes, yeah. awful. There's this great. Uh, this is just on the IMDb trivia as well, so I don't know how reliable it is, but it does sound like an actual quote from Abel Ferreira that I think is... It's funny, and it is interesting, and I would... I think that if this was in the movie, it would be too absurd, but it is like indicative of what this movie is, and I think indicative of the humor of it in a weird way. So Abel Ferreira says that the film was originally supposed to be funny. It was always, in my mind, a comedy. Ferreira said he cited a scene where... Uh, and there's a scene in this movie where that he never got to filming um, that epitomized the film for him. Even though he never got around to filming it, was one where the lieutenant robs an electronics store, leaves, then gets a call about a robbery at their electronics store. He responds in an official capacity and they don't recognize him. He takes in a statement, he takes their statement, walks out and throws a statement in the garbage. And that to me is the bad lieutenant, you know, Ferreira said. (laughs) (laughs) Which like the absurdity of that is funny. And it is like a scene like that, like that is so like absolutely just, you know, sticking a finger up, mocking of the police Mm. and everything that they stand for in that they're here to protect and serve, where he is literally harming them. And then he's the one that's brought in to protect them. Mm. It's like a microcosm of what this film is trying to say about society and about Mm. a culture that relies on policing to, for its safety, for its sanity. And um, I wish that scene kind of was in the movie. Like, I think it's absurd. But But also, isn't it crazy that uh, he got to a point during production on this film and went, nah, that scene will be too on the nose. Mm. (laughs) Like, I think we've covered it with all the scenes of Harvey Cartel crying and doing cocaine. (laughs) Off his daughter's photograph or whatever. Yeah. Do Do you think that's what, do you think this is what it's about? It's a criticism of authority or... You know, maybe the, yeah. the, the, the folly of putting uh, power in the hands of a clearly unhinged yes. maniac. How can it be about anything else? It's well, yeah. called Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it's about. Do you think it's about baseball, dude? Because that's where the other 40% well, of the scenes are. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Baseball is a through line through the entire film. Baseball, redemption, family, Jesus. faith, Jesus. And then on top of all of that, it's about authority being you know authority figures being bad at what they do and they're, yeah. they're not really protecting us at all i think it's, it's like nice. what you said like, all those themes are interesting to me yeah i think it's what you said elwood is like that these provocative films are shallow they are surface level mm. and you look at this this is a movie about a catholic cop and as we know a lot of cops are catholic in america like that's mm. that's part of film history that's part of scorsese that's mm. part of like how we understand like cop and crim films is through like this like pseudo like fucked up religious lens as well so i think it's a direct commentary on that mm. and then it, the rest of it is like oh he's grappling with his face he's trying to find redemption in his faith 
And then the nun's like, no, I've forgiven them. You can't. You're not part of my life. You're not part of my narrative. You're, you are, you are, cannot be redeemed in the eyes of Christ for this. And because that's like a very real religious thing is like, this guy is a bad lieutenant. Mm. He's going to go to fucking hell and be redeemed. He's a bad lieutenant. Every yeah, time you say the title of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bad lieutenant. You can't redeem it. So it's like he's like still trying to like create his life as like this narrative of like a Travis Bickle type or like a John Wayne where it's like, I'm going to mm. do the right thing. I'm going to save the day. I'm going to kill the people that did a bad thing. And then he can't bring himself to do it. So what does he do? He's not a fucking good lieutenant. He sends them off on a fucking bus he to live them elsewhere. On a and gives them 30 grand to start a new life I or know. something. It's like, bro, you could just arrest them. You could just arrest them. Mm. You know, like he could, and he doesn't do that. <clears throat> I think that shows, this is like, this is a broken system run by broken people that do, that believe that they are above the law. He, the law never comes into play at any point throughout <laughs> this no entire point. movie. Yeah. And no point. That's well, what this is saying. the law of the street saying. comes into play mm. right at the very yeah, end. Redemption. The final shot is the... Uh, yeah. You know, oh, that's true. Yeah, spoilers for the the bad lieutenant. <laughs> the bad lieutenant comes a bullet in the head. <laughs> this Which is really yeah. the only fate that was, yeah. that was ever. Yeah. Really gonna... What's he gonna do? Walk home and do coke off his daughter's photos again? No, like it's over for this guy. And this film is like shot in a guerrilla style. The, all almost all the shots out on location are stolen by Abel mm. Ferreira. No permits were gotten. And the end of the movie, <laughs> when like it's Harvey telling this huge wide shot, just sitting in his car, is like I've done my good deed or whatever he fucking yeah. thinks he's done then his bookie comes and just shoots him in the head and drives off in front of Trump Plaza in front of Trump, Trump Plaza, Plaza with a, a giant photo of Bill Cosby yes, Bill Cosby exactly. poster behind his head and it was truly a, an indictment on America yes I do believe it is an indictment <laughs> an on unintentional America. indictment on America I don't know how unintentional it is because you know you talk to any New Yorker yeah. and they're all like yes we hated Trump for our entire lives I mean lives. yeah obviously like to to have an assassination happen out the front of like one of the greatest capitalist families mm. of yeah. all time and yeah. and like construction magnates fantastic criticism but now with the lens of this man is yeah. also president and the poster at the front is of one of the most psychotic rapist monsters of all time yeah even greater indictment on America. Yeah, exactly. Unintentionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless you, Abel Ferreira, for stealing that <laughs> shot. That was the most beautiful moment, watching a cop get shot out the front of yeah. two rapists uh, on a building. <laughs> and then the reaction of everyone around, like, going like, this guy just gets shot? This guy just got shot? Yeah, no one even seemed particularly disturbed. Yeah. People were just around. Like, oh, my God, Harvey Keitel's dead. <laughs> I can't believe it. They just killed the fucking guy from Rest Dogs. <laughs> He's in here bleeding out. You're going to be okay. <laughs> they killed fucking Judas, dude. They killed Judas from Lost Temptation. Dude, he's in here bleeding out. Hey, Jesus, I don't want to betray you. <laughs> Do you think those extras, those those were extras or actual I reckon some of them would have been extras. I reckon it was like extras. Cost. Some groundlings. Yeah, groundlings, dude. Some Second city guys. Second city guys. Yeah. UCB guys. Yeah, they're they just around. hired a couple of improvisers to kick up a scene. Yeah, I think it was Amy Poehler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was about to do a set on Conan right later that night. Awesome. Playing Andy's little sister. Wonderful character from those days. Abel Ferrer might have been on the same episode. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that... that I mean, I don't know. I really enjoyed watching this movie with you guys. I actually had fun watching it. Yeah. I, I, you've recommended it perfectly, which is it has to be with a couple of friends who... 
also enjoy this type of cinema mm. and will be happy to laugh at it and kind of make fun of it as much as you're enjoying it. I think if we'd all watched it, well, I know if I'd watched it in isolation, I'm not Mm. sure I could have got through it all. No, no way. The fact that we could commentate, the fact that we could laugh at how hard it goes for it, Mm. uh, you know, is a big part of the enjoyment of this. Mm. If there is an enjoyment's the right word. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the entertainment, it's that's entertainment. But I do believe. You guys are moving to Port of Call next. Yes. yes. And I believe, back to the comedy aspect of this film, uh-huh. that Nicolas Cage and Werner Herzog must have seen Bad Lieutenant as a comedy based on the remake mm. that they've made because it goes hell for leather. It is not mm. pretending to not be a wow. flat-out comedy. I and think, I think you guys I... will be <laughs> delighted by it. I'm really excited to see it. I've never seen it. Uh... Neither of you have seen it, have you? No. Oh, no. You are in for a fucking treat, man. <laughs> there are some scenes in it that are truly like the greatest Nicolas Cage mm. that has ever been oh. on film. It's wonderful. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. From what I understand as well, this is... In the most loosest terms, what a remake is. Yes. I believe that it is, uh, <clears throat> they have a shared producer mm. and that uh, this was a screenplay that was written without any connection to Bad Lieutenant yeah. in any way. Just another movie that happens to be about a lieutenant who is it's... up to no good. Yeah. <laughs> he is Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. Cheeky Lieutenant. Yeah, that may have been the original title, but like, hang on a second. We've got a title that is better. I've worked on it. I can give it to you. But from what I understand is that uh, 2009, it's one of that weird time where it's like, mm-hmm. it is hard to make an original movie. Like in a weird way, probably harder than it is now. Um, even mid-tier stuff like that uh, by renowned filmmakers like Nick Cage and Werner Herzog. And uh, that's not tied to anything, true story, otherwise, whatever, any material. And so they were like, well, this is about a bad lieutenant. I have access to the bad lieutenant IP. You can have it. We can just call it bad lieutenant protocol New Orleans. And yep. it becomes a franchise. And watching this, and I know that there is, there is bad blood. Like Abel Ferreira has said that he wishes Werner Herzog would die instead of making this movie and stuff like that. Like he is really up, he's really upset that it happened. Werner Herzog has said he has no interest in ever seeing the original movie. And that was like part of the press for it and stuff. Wow. And so I remember like, uh, you know, when that movie was coming out was in my period where I'm like, Nicolas Cage sucks. He's a bad actor. Because uh-huh. I would have been like just end of high school really. And I didn't really care for him because it was like Nicolas Cage was national treasure. And I was like, that sucks. That's a shit ripoff of Indiana Jones and everything. I didn't really care for him. And I was a worshipper of these grubsters. I was a worshipper of Harvey Keitel. And I was like, how dare they do this? How Absolutely, how dare they? They're the bad filmmakers. That's the movie I would make about them. Bad filmmaker. <laughs> That's illegal. And um, so I remember just going like, I'll never watch this movie. How dare they do that? Remakes are not good. And um, I'm so tomorrow I'm going to break it. It's a remake in the loosest sense of the word. Oh it's just not it's even... It's a lieutenant it's... who does a lot of coke. Yeah. Uh, but anything else is uh, up for grabs. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage is truly unhinged mm. like as unhinged as Harvey Keitel is in this original wow. Nicolas Cage fucking brings it yes but uh, I would say that it is 
much more intentionally hilarious. Mm. All right, like good. it's going for it. <laughs> Man, and I cannot wait. wait to hear you guys talk oh, about it. I can't wait. <laughs> oh. I'm so excited now. <laughs> this was actually very fun to discuss. It's been a long time since we've talked about. I don't remember the last time we got to talk about like something that was genuinely provocative like mm. this. I guess probably mm. the ballad of Arthur Fleck himself, Mr. J. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can't even think, really. We've mainly talked about things we've liked. This yeah. has been very... I think neither none of us have really said whether we liked or hated it. I don't really know how I feel. I'm glad I watched it with you guys. Mm. The hard thing to pass with a movie that is designed to make you feel bad mm. is... It's not, it's, it's not so easy to go, oh, I yeah. liked it or I didn't like mm. it. Because, you know, I mean, if the intent is to make me feel like I'm covered in fucking mud at the end of yes. it, well, yeah. it's good succeeded. Yeah. But is does that is it good? I well, don't know. We experienced it. That's kind of what it wanted us to do. Yeah. Mm. And we've had an interesting conversation about it. I guess that's what it's that's what provocateurs are trying to do. They're yeah. trying to spark something in you. I also don't think I said provocateur like you know, <laughs> Ever really? When do I ever say it? It's because you I are. I say one. it every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I look at myself in the mirror, I go, "You're a provocateur <laughs> and a podcaster." <laughs> I don't think I've ever. I don't know if I've ever said it. I think I've. You know, last time I talked about Paul Schrader. That's You've read it. it. I've read it. I don't think I say it out loud. I usually just use the word grub. I usually just call them grub and grub auteurs. That's it. <laughs> but it, this is the only thing you can really call. Abel Ferreira is a provocateur. Yep. Yeah. For someone who I'd never heard of before today, I'm now obsessed with him. So yeah. That's great. <laughs> Dude, you should check out... Like, I would give a... This one I don't really recommend because it's like, why would you? Why would you go, everyone, go check out Bad Lieutenant It Rocks? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't. I don't think that you should watch this. I think that you'll get just as much out of us hearing us talk about it and we are funnier than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> barely <laughs> barely funny the movie's fucking funny man <laughs> and but i would give a, actually a strong recommendation to uh his film before this uh which is king of new york which i rewatched recently i think it's a really cool gangster movie and there's an episode i think of rewatchables podcast where quentin tarantino is the guest talking about it that is hectos dude absolute hectic <laughs> sick i think that king of new york is a really cool strange weird gangster movie with like an absolutely magnetic performance by Christopher Walken and an early great performance by Lawrence Fishburne that shows that he is like one of the great actors that should have been had like a much even bigger career than he had and more mm. more roles should have come his way like Morpheus yeah, yeah. <laughs> Morpheus and more Furious more Morpheus roles more Morpheus more Furious those are the two roles I love Furious Furious from fucking Boys in the Hood, hectic performance. Oh, doesn't he play a guy in John Wick, the John yeah. Wick series? He's in yeah, the well, King of the Homeless that. People. Yeah. yeah, well, that sounds shit to me. <laughs> no, have you not seen it? It's no. a blast. Yeah, I've heard. Absolute blast. John yeah. Wick? Yeah. I, I couldn't love deal with it. I walked out of the third one. Oh, I love them. There's more. only so many people I can see getting shot in the fucking head before Beautiful. I'm just like, oh my I've heard he's called, I've heard he's a bad assassin. <laughs> he's actually a very good assassin. Okay. Very good. He's very Kills good. a guy with a book. Yeah, oh, and a pencil. Awesome. Dude, yeah, a lot of people kill the guy with the book. It's called the fucking Bible, dude. <laughs> Very true, actually. Very true. <laughs> uh, you guys have got another podcast together. It is called Why Is Cats? You've just wrapped it up. It's all yeah. done. We have. We have wrapped it so up. If you want to binge it, we've licked our fur. We've we've coughed out the furball. 
It was a blast. It was an absolute blast. Yeah. So much fun. And I believe all seven episodes are available now. That's so, right. So uh, you, right. uh, you can go into the deep dive. Yeah. It's all on the right Sandspants Pants Network, up. same as us. It's yep. a great podcast. All on yep. Pants. Started as a mockery, ended up as a true celebration. Yeah, and true mm. revelation. Yeah. <laughs> I think the final yeah. episode, you guys, I texted you both like right after I listened to on day of release. I was like... That was so good. It was so funny. Thanks, But man. also so warming. I loved hearing Matt Singer talk about it. I love that he got freaking uh, the railway cat on there. Skimble yeah, shanks man. the railway cat himself. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. We couldn't believe we got him. But also, he was the only person who replied <laughs> from the cast. Yeah. <laughs> After messaging everyone. Yeah. It was a great interview. I think you guys are both great interviewers. And together, you fucking killed the game. Thanks, man. Thanks. It was fun. Elwood rules. Yeah. Best interview in the game. Get, you should interview more people. Yeah, Thanks, man. you're the new Safran. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know what to do with praise, so I will say thank you. No worries. And man. then I'll convert it into uh, criticism in my head after you leave. <laughs> I think that's what you should do with praise. That's worth. It. <laughs> um, anything else? Oh, actually, yes. July 9th. is that the day that we said? Yeah. Okay, so this is very cool. On July 9th, which is a Thursday in a, in a week or two as you're listening to this, we are hosting a double feature online uh, in the safety of your own homes. And you tell you what, you're going to want to be safe for this. We are hosting with our friends from Static Vision a bootleg Nicolas Cage double feature. So no mm-hmm. cops allowed. That's why we're advertising on our Bad Lieutenant episode. I don't think cops are going to listen to it. So <laughs> no cops allowed. We are going to be uh, doing a double feature of bootleg Nicolas Cage films to celebrate this great actor. Uh, we can't say what they're going to be is for reasons that are fairly obvious. We are going to be hosting it and there will be donations to uh, Black Lives Matter charities that we will be putting up as well. So if you're part of our Patreon group, uh, you will get access to this free, but we would love it if you could donate to the charities that we're going to be uh, putting up there as well. Um, So yeah, sign up to the Patreon if you haven't. That's a way to get access to it. And also if you just want to watch along and you are skint, if you make a donation, we will probably let you, we will let you win. Does that sound good? We yeah. probably will. We will let that. you in. I just because we we're you know we're in a gray area. We're doing a bootleg of some weirder, rarer things, so we can't really say what we're going to do. Um, yeah. That we will, you know, we have to be coy with everything. Yeah, could be coy, boy. We're coy, a couple of koi fish playing in this pool <laughs> that we don't know we play in. But we're a couple of bad lieutenants ourselves <laughs> right now putting this together. Whereas with our friends at Static Vision, they've been doing a great they've been doing great live streams during isolation and lockdown of some really interesting features. They just did one that could be a hint towards things where um, because of talking to us about doing a cage feature, they got Paul Schrader to talk about a movie that he made with Nicolas Cage and Screener in probably its world premiere called Dark, which is a Paul Schrader cut, his own cut of a film that he made with Nicolas Cage and Anton Yelchin that like the studio system bastardized. Anton Yelchin? Yeah, it's Whoa. a really good movie called Dark. And I believe that Q&A that they did with him is still up on their YouTube at Static Vision uh, with Paul Schrader. It is so good. Our friend Kiva York interviewed him and she's like the biggest Paul Schrader fan in the world. So it's a really great Q&A. It's worth checking out. So they're doing amazing stuff and they have a new Hyperlinks live stream in a, the, probably the weekend after that, uh, which is like a very great curated online film festival about like online type stuff. Great. Really cool shit. I love those guys, and we thank them for helping us out with this. 
Um, in the meantime, if you want to hear more from us, head over to patreon.com slash total reboot. Sign up for five bucks a month. You get access to that and so much more, including another podcast where we play Total Respect. We pick an actor that we love and talk about four great performances of their career. Uh, we have also just done two episodes of a Q&A where we answered your questions on there about our personal lives. Like how big our schwanzes are and yes. stuff like that. <laughs> what our hog stars are. <laughs> Who was the last person you did on Total Respect? We did a double of our famous performances from Quentin Tarantino movies. Very cool. Yes. Yeah, that was a tough one because yes. most of them are great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a tough one to get through. And then we're probably going to do Cage soon and talk about other stuff of his sure. that we're not covering here. And um, yeah, next week we're talking about Port of Call, New Orleans, Bad Lieutenant, The Redux, directed by Werner Herzog himself. Starring Nicolas Cage and Eva Mendez. Oh man, Hopefully. I am so excited for both of you. I'm so and I'm mutually so jealous mm-hmm. that you get to experience the madness for the first time. Oh. It is so fucking cool. Yes. <laughs> I've been it's one of those ones that I've been hearing about for such a long time. I've oh. seen clips of here and there, oh. and I just I know it's gonna be absolutely fucking batshit. I can't yes. wait. Absolutely. Um, what else? Social media? You have social media, Alexi? Yeah, I mainly use Instagram <laughs> these days. It's at this is Alexi. Yep, and I'm at I'm Cameron James. I hate Twitter. Twitter can suck my schwanz. Do you on you on stuff? <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> you can it's find Ben on... We're all going to die one day Don't, yeah. don't waste your time You can That's find true. Ben on Facebook Messenger His name is Ben Elwood <laughs> <laughs> No, I have a Twitter But I don't ever check it and, Yeah, uh, you know, you know, it's horrible fine. Horrible it's like, place mm. Yeah, book me in for a coffee date And we'll have a face-to-face conversation Yeah, yeah. have a coffee with all Reach out to Ben us. Reach out to him <laughs> He's very receptive <laughs> Reach out to Cameron and Alexi Through their social media yeah. To reach we'll me We'll get in yeah. touch with them I'll yeah, put very you good. in touch with Elwood If that's what you really want I'll do it I don't know what else we have to say that's it do you have anything else no be good to each other Um, go to church if you believe in that stuff don't if you don't if you're a cop quit and do something else become a social worker yeah that's a good idea that's a good advice be a good lieutenant yeah be a good lieutenant be a good lieutenant I think that's good (laughs) 